The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, the Bills have made their first round pick, and it caught us by surprise. A tight end, Dalton Kincaid, with the 25th overall selection for the second straight year. The Bills trade up. They move up a couple spots. They leapfrog the Cowboys, who they were worried about potentially taking Kincaid. And Sal... That's the pick they made. We talk, Hey, I got to give you credit right off the bat. You were talking about this months ago, and I said you were crazy, and clearly I'm the crazy one. Well, I think you just have to look at really the, the past history of behavior of Brandon Bean. Um, you take a look at the last several years. I know it was several years ago now, but Tyler Croft was the first one, then Jacob Hollister, then O.J. Howard. They've been searching for this type of player for quite a while. They've wanted to run 12 personnel. They've talked about this for a while. And what have they not touched this offseason? The tight end position. Mm-hmm. They have Dawson Knox on a contract extension starting this year, and Quentin Morris is the one after that. Tommy Sweeney never worked out to be that type of player. They've been after this type of player for a while. It's something they've wanted not only to be able to run 12 personnel, but I think even more pronounced, losing Cole Beasley and then needing to replace him with, oh, by the way, Cole Beasley last year because they needed somebody in the middle of the field. They just had a glaring need for this type of thing. Now, maybe fans don't see the value in that, but the Bills clearly do on how they want to run their offense. Okay, so I'll share my opinions after we hear from you, but what do you just think of the pick? What are your first impressions? Do you like it? Do you think it was a good choice? you think they should have done something else? think they should have got a wide receiver? Just what do you make of the pick? I don't like the fact they traded up and they gave up a fourth-round pick, but I understand if you're Brandon Bean and you're sitting there, he's the he said he was the last guy on the board, basically, or they had a first-round grade on him, he's the highest-rated guy, and he fills that need that you've been searching for. It totally makes sense. I get it. Like, I can understand that. I don't love the fact they traded up when you only have six picks. They have five picks now in this draft, counting this one, right? So I don't love that part of it. But, again, it's for what you want to run your offense specifically and what you've been missing, and we all saw the struggles of the offense last year throughout the second half. Even though they scored, it didn't look right. And I think they were missing that guy. They were missing a guy to take the pressure off Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs on the outside. I thought the money quote from Brandon Bean was when he said, "When normally when you're in 12 personnel, that's one running back, two tight ends, teams play base defense. That's you know four, three linebackers essentially. He said when, when he's on the field, teams can't do that. They're going to have to play nickel. The Bills are saying, we're going to dictate how you run your defense against us. And that's what they've been after for head coach, for uh, offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. And that's going to make his job easier, too, by the way. I really like it. It's grown on me since when they made the pick an hour and a half ago. We're recording this 
at 12.47 now on Friday morning, and we are reacting in real time. And when it happened, I wanted them to take a wide receiver. I wanted to see them move up, especially for Smith and Jigba. As he was sitting there at 21 or whatever it was, it was like, okay, what's it going to cost? Maybe it's going to cost a third-round pick to go from 27 to 21, and I think that would have made sense. Now we find out that they give up a fourth-round pick to move up just two spots, get Kincaid. But I just like the idea of a weapon. That is what we've been talking about on this podcast for months and months and months. Just go out and get somebody on offense. I said I didn't even care if it was a running back. And look at where B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs went. I didn't care if it was a running back. I didn't care if it was a wide receiver. I didn't care if it was an offensive lineman. I just wanted it to be somebody on offense. And listen, a lot of people had Kincaid really highly rated. I'm not going to knock them for drafting a guy at 25 who people thought could go to the Packers with the 13th pick or whatever it was. So I like the pick. It's not, you know, the absolute best outcome that I could have thought for the Bills in the first round, but I'm not going to, like, knock them for it. The absolute best outcome for me was always trade down, get more picks. They did the opposite. They traded up, but they got a guy who, as you said, they're going to, you know, they really believe in and obviously a lot of people really thought highly of. It also, the Brandon Bean said, they had intel. Basically, they felt that Dallas was going to take them. That's why they did it. Um, you know, who knows if that would have happened. It seems like that's the case. They were linked to tight ends all along. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think Michael Mayer was drafted no. in the first round, right? So he is the only tight end to even to even go in a, in a good tight end class, by the way. Um, the only drawback of this pick, of this player, I should say, is he's not a very good blocker right now. He's not a refined blocker. He needs to gain some mass. Now, he's 6'3", 240-plus, but he's not a guy that you're going to sit, put down his hand in the dirt and he's going to be asked to downblock defensive linemen. But that's okay for the Bills because they're not going to expect him to do that this year. They have enough faith in their strength and conditioning program and their coaching staff to be able to get him there to be able to do that a little bit more. In the meantime, you have Dawson Knox to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that it's kind of a perfect blend of you've got a guy who can be your, I don't want to say primary receiving threat for a tight end because you're still going to use Dawson Knox. You just gave Dawson Knox a bunch of money. But it makes your offense much more unpredictable. It gives you another weapon. It gives you an option in the slot. Now, you know, he's mentioned Cole Beasley. Like, this guy is like seven inches taller than Cole Beasley. So the body type is certainly different and they play a different position. But I do think that there's going to be opportunities for him to get on the field and they can kind of, you know, I don't want to say hide him, but, you know, they can use him when they need him. And you still have Dawson Knox. You don't need to lean on him completely right off the bat. And, you know, now you've got a secondary option on a cost-controlled contract for the next several years while you are paying Dawson Knox a lot of money. So I, I just... I know it's a tight end, and I know that caught a lot of people by surprise, but one thing that I will say is I talked to Brandon Bean about an hour before the draft on our draft special, and I specifically asked him about tight ends, and I said, listen, Brandon, I've heard from a lot of people and I've read from a lot of places that this is the best tight end class in years and years and years. And he said, I don't know if it's the best tight end class ever, but it's the best tight end class that I've seen in a long, long time. And they think they got the best tight end from a really, really good tight end class. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah is somebody who's really, really well-respected. He had him as ninth overall player in the entire draft, and the Bills got him at 25. So I don't care that they give up a fourth-round pick. It just doesn't bother me. Yeah, the fourth-round pick, like I said, I would. I didn't love the fact they traded up, but you know that's only because of the numbers. It's not because of the player. I don't, I'm not upset they traded up to get the player. I'm, it's just that, man, you now you're like, okay, only five picks. You give a fourth rounder. You're a team that needs your rookies to make a contribution. But I think this rookie will, and here's why. You know, for anybody who says, well, I wanted a wide receiver instead, 
You know, you could literally just take a marker and eraser and scratch off T-E and put W-R next to his name. Because that's what he is, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's a wide receiver. And he's just in a he's in a tight end's body. Mm-hmm. To say he's like Cole Beasley is pretty amazing. Think about it. Cole Beasley is 5'8", yeah. 175 pounds. Mm-hmm. This guy's 6'3", 240-plus pounds. To say he's like Cole Beasley with elite hands and control the middle of the field and run the routes like that is pretty incredible. So, yeah, it, it's... It's actually something, last year I said this a lot, and it didn't turn out quite as much, but I think this is the example of it now. Now it's happening. Last year I said, don't think of the Bills' pass catchers as wide receivers and tight ends and running backs. Just think of them as weapons. Think of them as pass catchers. And that's what they are now, because now you have guys like even Deontay Hardy Hardy, and Trent Sherfield who can move around. Now you have Dalton Kincaid, and you also have James Cook as a running back who can catch a lot of passes. These are weapons. These are pass catchers. These aren't R-B-T-E-W-R in their traditional roles. Mm-hmm. And I just think that this offense was lacking another playmaker. They needed somebody else, and that's why we've talked about DeAndre Hopkins. That's why we talked about wide receivers in the first round. That's why it's still in play for them to take a wide receiver on day two. I would say that's pretty high up on the list of things that they could do. The one question I want to ask you, though, before we kind of shift focus to the remaining players out there, are you surprised that it was Kincaid instead of Michael Mayer? A little bit, yeah. I felt that if both were on the board, maybe Michael Mayer would satisfy more of the well-rounded guy. He is the guy that he's more of the blocker, right? This is a clear indication that they're just, hey, we're all in. I'm using this guy as a pass catcher. Like, that's what he is. And he's going to go and be a mismatch. So I am a little surprised it was Kincaid over Mayer. Um, but I'm not surprised at all they liked Dalton Kincaid this much. I was surprised when they traded up in front of Dallas because you had even said on the podcast that a lot of people have connected the Cowboys to Michael Mayer, and it was like he will not get past the 26th pick because that is where Dallas is, and they will take him. So when they moved up, initially in my head, I'm like, okay, they're moving up for Michael Mayer. But like you said, Michael Mayer, a very complete player, does a lot of things well. Dalton Kincaid just – a freak athlete, a really good pass-catching option, and should be able to contribute for this team immediately. Besides that, any major surprises out of the first round, things that happened around the league, maybe anything particularly tying to the Bills? I think that having Dalton and Dawson is kind of cool, both at tight end, first of all, with the two names, right? Um, I am surprised that Will Levis did not go in the first round, and I thought maybe as it got to the Bills pick that they that would be a guy maybe a team would target to come up and get and the Bills could trade down. So I did think about that. I'm delightfully surprised that Anthony Richardson went to the Colts fourth overall. I thought that's to me if I'm taking a quarterback, I'm taking Anthony Richardson in this draft. I'm swinging for the fences. I'm going for the guy with the highest ceiling. I think that's who that is. Um, I was surprised the run on wide receivers didn't happen until when it did. It did happen ultimately, but it took quite a while to get there. And I'm surprised the Detroit Lions basically said, actually, you know what, I'm not surprised now that I think about it, that the Detroit Lions, with Dan Campbell, who's proved to be an excellent coach last year, I'll say with the way he played, the way his team played, that Dan Campbell selected basically like he was drafting again in 1975. Yeah, I saw a couple tweets, and I don't know who said them, so I want to give credit where credit's due, but I apologize. Somebody said... The Lions went into a steakhouse and ordered a hamburger. I thought that one was pretty funny. Another person said that they won the 1993 draft with their pick of a running back and a linebacker today. Well, I saw Mike Catalana's tweet from Rochester that said the Lions made two excellent second-round picks. (laughs) They're their first-rounders. Yeah, you know, it's funny how it all plays out because we spent so much time doing these mock simulations and reading people's opinions and listening to different people, and they're like, yeah, Jack Campbell would be a great pick in the second round or you could move back. The Bills didn't even have a chance at him. So I guess now it's... Maybe Drew Sanders, but you would imagine that he's probably going to go pretty early. So 
Before we talk about the remaining players, any final thoughts on Kincaid and kind of what the pick means for the Bills? No, I think one other issue that's been brought up is his back injury. He does have a back injury. He did have a back injury, but he said he's good to go for the offseason workouts. He even said he played some golf already that day, the day of the draft, right, today. So, um, yeah, the Bills, look, millions and millions of dollars go into these things and these picks and these investments and research, and I guarantee you, and the Bills did their medical research as very thoroughly as they could and felt comfortable, obviously, drafting him. Not a surprise that Brandon Bean, who hit golf balls before actually having the first round because he said it's nice for him to clear his head, picked a guy who also golfed this morning because golf guys stick together. All right, so that's it on Dalton Kidcade. After a short break, we will talk about some of the remaining players and who the Bills could be targeting on day two. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, so Dalton Kincaid, 25th overall pick. The Bills scheduled to make two more picks tonight. If you're listening to this, it's 59 and 91, right? A second-round pick and a third-round pick, those are the two? Yeah, right. That's what they have left. I have to go back and look at what they give up, 140, which is... 130. 130, which is fourth round. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now they're down to five total picks in this draft. It's wild, right? They only have five picks. Maybe we'll be out of here earlier on Saturday than we thought we would. I, I actually suspect the Bills might try to trade down and gain more of these picks back. He said that he could do that, Brandon Bean. He talked about it. But you look what's on the board. I think you do have to look at defensive line now. You look at the other side of the ball, defensive line and linebacker. Um, Drew Sanders, Trenton Simpson. There's some defensive linemen they could target. We know that they have seven defensive linemen on the roster right now, Matt. All of them are on the last year of their contract. You know, what's interesting to me, so the my most intriguing name of players who are still available going into day two is Josh Downs from North Carolina. But I wonder if that's not a pick that they make because they think of Dalton Kincaid filling a lot of that work in the slot, even though they are very, very different size-wise. Obviously, they play different positions. But I think you bring up a good point with Drew Sanders and Trent Simpson. Those seem to be the two guys that would make a ton of sense. But I also just don't think there's a chance that the Bills get either of those guys because it feels like those will both probably be pretty early second-round picks. Yeah, that's right. I have to look. You have to tell me, did Brian Branch get taken after the Bills, the safety out of Alabama? No, John. No, he did not, no. John Scott's over there shaking his head. Thank you, John. That's a guy you can think about, too. Now, I haven't been as high on him for the Bills as a lot of people have because they have Jordan and they have Micah and they did sign Taylor Rapp. But he's an excellent player. And Brandon Bean, I'm sorry, Sean McDermott really values those types of players in his defense. So maybe that's somebody they could target as well if you want to go secondary, which I don't think is too high in their priority list. Um, And you still want to make sure you protect Josh Allen and add some depth to the offensive line as well. 
Yeah, I feel like defensive tackle could be an area where they go. You know, there were a couple of them taken. So the picks after the Bills, you know, what usually happens is they make a pick and then we start to, you know, have to jump into work mode and we do the general manager press conference. We do the Dalton Kincaid Zoom call, all of these things. So the picks after them, Mozzie Smith, that's somebody we had talked about. Uh, Anton Harrison, Miles Murphy. Um, Yeah, so those are the guys. Nolan Smith, and I'm not even going to try Uzama and say his middle name there. So... Defensive tackle. (laughs) Joe is laughing at what I just said, I think, unless he's laughing at something else. Um, So I think defensive tackle is probably the top priority. I think linebacker would probably be the second priority. But Brandon did say that, you know, he's comfortable with the guys that they have. Now, he kind of has to say that because you're going to give him a shot. But he used a third-round pick on Terrell Bernard last year. So I don't necessarily know if it's as big of a need as we've made it seem like it is. No, it's funny you say that because I'm actually looking right now at your computer and you have it open and you're at CBS Sports and they gave the Bills grade a C for the Dalton Kincaid pick. And this is exactly what you're talking about with Terrell Bernard about position. And the reason they give it a C is because it says it's a strange pick when you consider the have knocks and the position doesn't make sense. Well, that's true from the outside, but you have to understand how they want to run their team to make this pick make sense. So and I think the same thing happens with Terrell Bernard and the inside and what they want to do there. I think the question becomes do they want someone like a Drew Sanders or a Trent Simpson that can actually move around a little bit and can play off the edge a little bit? Or someone like, are they totally in on Terrell Bernard and say, no, he's we drafted him in the third round last year. Like we he's gonna we're gonna go forward with him and we still have Tyrell Dodson. We drafted Bill Inspector. So it's how they kind of want to they envision their team being run on offense. It would be Dalton Kincaid on defense. It would be one of these linebackers versus a guy like Terrell Bernard. I I I think that look. You have to look at what they did last year by drafting Terrell Bernard in the third round and think there's no way this team is bailing on him that early because why would they? There was nothing we saw from him that said he couldn't play. He did play a game where he wasn't great in. Yeah. That was the Jets. He played the Will linebacker, not the Mike. He was excellent, I thought, in preseason and training camp last year. Let me ask you a question. This goes back to something that you said, and it is also something that Brandon alluded to. So this is not like something that's really, really out there. But last year he traded back so he could add picks and he got James Cook at the end of the second round. Why? Why do they need to add another pick? What difference does it make if they have five draft picks or six six draft picks? I know it's another kick at the can, but is it really that big of a deal? I guess you're right. It's not because you can then just have undrafted free agents. And look, there's 258 whatever it is picks in the draft, right? Something like that. Um, Most teams are only going to have at most like 200 draftable grades anyway on players. Um, In this draft, you might only have 170, 180. I think I read this, maybe the Jags GM said. So if that's the case, then I guess it doesn't matter how many because the rest of the guys are just undrafted free agent grades anyway, and you go out and you you fill out your roster with them. Recent memory tells us that fourth-round picks – have value. I mean, look at Gabe Davis. Look at Taron Johnson. Like, these are players who were selected in the fourth round and who have made very big impacts for the Bills. And I know their roster is not like, okay, there's like three spots on the team. But the last couple years, they've cut guys that they've drafted anyway. So it's not a guarantee that they were all going to make this. And as we're doing this, we're looking at the Lamar Jackson news from earlier in the day. So there's a lot of things that happened today. One other thing that I want to talk about before we wrap up, DeAndre Hopkins, still available. You think there's anything there? Uh, as far as the Bills are concerned, I think this pick kind of takes that a little bit less likely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's a wide receiver, not a tight end, but you just added another pass catcher. I mean, how yeah, many? But, but so did the Ravens, right. who were a team that was tied to him. I, the, the Chiefs didn't, so they would still be a potential option. I, there's still so much uncertainty there. 
Well, yeah, but I think maybe the Arizona Cardinals just kind of sit pat and yeah. see what happens, and they don't have to deal them. I don't think the Bills necessarily in a position now where they have to go do that. I think by drafting Dalton Kincaid, you're putting another pass catcher on the field. Could you use DeAndre Hopkins? Sure. I mean, what ammunition do you have? I don't know. We'll see if they want to do that. But it feels like you know that's just something that now you'd be adding even more to where you figure out you have to think of how you're going to get all those guys on the field. So, sure, I, I wouldn't completely discount it, but it feels like maybe the Cardinals overplayed their hand here and what they were asking for, for from any of these teams. Cardinals were an interesting team to follow in the draft tonight. The Texans, they obviously made a huge splash with the second pick and the third pick trading back up. Really liked what the Seahawks did. I mean, they get Smith and Jigba. He was a player that a lot of us really liked, so that makes sense that we would like that. Let me ask you a question. As it was falling down, what was the point you said, okay, maybe you should trade up for Smith and Jigba now? There, there. Basically, I think they were 21, and it just felt like if it was going to cost, let's say, a third-round pick, I was in on that. Anything more than that, I don't think I would have liked. The ones that always made the most sense to me were – Smith and Jigba, Addison, and Flowers. Johnson, to me, you know, nothing wrong. Like, obviously, he's a very good player. He's a first-round pick. But I just felt like the other guy's skill sets made more sense. And it is interesting that Brandon said of the four guys that went, they did not have first-round grades on all of them. He did not say which one they didn't or which ones Mm -hmm. they didn't. But I guess we can all kind of jump to our own conclusions. All right, any final things you want to add? No, I think tomorrow's going to be interesting, uh, day two of the draft, because I think the Bills still can kind of do a little bit of anything, right? They can add someone at a position. They can trade. Maybe they trade up. Maybe maybe we're sitting here on Saturday and like, oh, the Bills aren't picking anymore. They don't have any draft picks. They traded them all. Brandon be moved up. Kind of okay with that. <laughs> I will say, so as we wrap up here, it is incredibly awkward to do this in a room full of all of our peers as they're listening to us. Thank you, everybody. Like, normally, I've, I've felt on edge the entire time we've had this 20-minute conversation, and I don't really ever feel like that. Well, I, I always feel weird doing that because I'm an audio guy, and I talk for a living, and I always feel bad because the people who write for a living, I'm like, I'm probably disturbing them by talking, but that's just kind of like we, we got to all do our jobs. I always feel weird doing that. Oh, thank you very much, Heather. Thank you, Heather Prusak behind us. Yeah, all right, well... Yeah, well, as we get sent off here by all of our colleagues. Wait, we, I was sitting with uh, Carl Jones um, from Rochester. We were sitting next to each other. We were, instead of counting the hugs from, by Goodell, uh-huh. we were counting how many guys cried. Pretty much all of them did, like a lot of them did. Would you cry? I'd be a, I would be bawling if I got drafted. What about you? Oh, yeah. I, I'm an emotional guy anyway, so I, I would absolutely be bawling my eyes out if that yeah. ended up happening. Waro looks like he's about to say something to us. What are you about to say, Waro? I can't say anything. He can't say anything because we've got a microphone. All right, for Sal Capaccio, I am Matt Bovee. Thank you for listening to this very spontaneous episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. We will talk to you again very early next week and break down all of the picks the Bills made over the weekend. Have a good one. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center 
prankers and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.